Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm Martin, and with me as always is Rasmus, my co-host. How are you today, Rasmus? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I've uh, my daughter started a new preschool, and it finally feels kind of smooth. Uh, which cool. is awesome. Congratulations. Means my mornings are <laughs> sort yeah. of smooth uh, again, Probably which is nice. A disrupt for both you and her, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Mm. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Enjoying the sunny weather down here in the south and and um, uh, having fun with uh, the, the ChatGPT code interpreter, or as it's called now, um, advanced data analysis of ChatGPT. Um, and I'm happy to talk about a bit about my findings there, if you want. But uh, otherwise, yeah, what sure. you want to talk about today? Uh, I mean, I'd love to to hear that. I've obviously seen a bunch of the demos, but haven't really. Uh, I haven't used it, so mm. I mean, that means I'm just you know secondhand information, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, on that topic, I think it's uh, maybe pretty interesting. Like one year in now since kind of ChatGPT launched, almost at least, and the AI hype began uh, at earnest. To just look at like like what has actually happened, you know, <laughs> which which jobs are yeah. actually infect, uh, affected, who is actually using uh, this you know new va- wave of AI and for what, and I mean it's just one year in, but where does it look like um, like which professions like and which parts of society does it look like it's gonna you know actually have an impact mm-hmm. on uh, you know beyond the hype uh, in the near term. Uh, and I think maybe you know that's that's potentially a good segment into the chat GPT. Did you call it data analyst? Yeah, uh, data. Uh, it's called advanced data analysis. Okay, yeah, but yeah, it. let's yeah. you know yeah. definitely definitely targets uh, data analysis, which is currently done by data analysts, which is a job, right? So yes, let's true. let's just let's just start there. Like, I'd love to. I'd love to learn more. Yeah, so I can just go over the basics then. Advanced data analysis in ChatGPT is this function where you can actually allow ChatGPT to write small Python scripts and and execute them in a local environment, just a VPS that they are creating and then throwing away. So there is no no way you can upload a virus and 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 do evil things with it and. Uh, and it has limited memory, limited compute, and so on, but still is powerful. There's an upload limit of 100 megabyte large images, which is quite quite a lot. Mm. And you can also zip files and, and upload a lot of files in one in one zip file. And basically, you can since you can run general code on it, and it has all these NumPy and Scikit and uh, like these uh, scientific computational libraries in in its python install it can really do advanced data analysis just like the name says and uh, that's the that's the main i guess use case for it that's why they named it like that code inter- interpreter sounds uh, that that leaves a lot more open uh, as a name but uh, but then again then you have to uh, really um realize yourself that oh i can do data analysis with this i mean it really but, feels like it's the engineers doing the branding at open ai yeah, <laughs> you know is, what yes. I mean? yeah. and then <laughs> maybe they are GPT reflecting in hindsight like, yeah. yeah it's like how did that become a brand yeah you know anyhow um 
Yeah. Oh, cool, but I, so does that mean like like I can throw in like a, just like simple example CSV, mm-hmm. like a huge one. You know, I, 100 megs is, is a lot of a lot of rows of text, right? That's a lot of data. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then uh, and then like just ask it to do something that you could, in natural language that uh, a, a good Python programmer could do. Exactly. So, for example, that could be if you are a retailer uh, or a retail brand in foods, what you could what you could achieve is to find out if you have the data, um, like how much uh, is the sugar level in our foods affecting the sales of that food. You can run correlations and discover correlations mm. like that or um, do uh, regression analysis to find uh, trends and so on in the in the data. Are, are we trending upwards or downwards on sustainability, um, um, price levels, uh, profit margins, and so on? And where are we making money as a company? And that's interesting because, like, if we just hark that back to like, what is that actually doing? Like, so I could hire like a data analyst, like a good data yeah. analyst would probably be able to write Python, or I don't know, whatever language mm. like he prefers, right? But some, like a good data analyst needs to be able to write code um, mm. generally. I mean, otherwise you just use a general BI tool, which I could learn, but it sort of limits me, I guess, to whatever functions the BI tool has already implemented, right? So this mm. is kind of like, okay, I need to do something custom to us and then, um, uh, custom to uh, to the problem at hand, like it's, it's something specific. And then now I really like the, the special competence that a data, data analyst comes with is, I mean, maybe partly to ask questions, right? But mostly it's be, being able to, you know, answer questions, yeah. right? And that's yeah. that's maybe that's a general frame for kind of like competency here like i mean there is one part of competency that is asking questions realizing Mm -hmm. what is a good question like what matters um prioritization goals you know but then there's also just like getting the answer to a question in this case potentially if i'm a manager you know that you know just tries this out instead like i'm thinking of hiring a data analyst but Mm -hmm. i realize that you know what i have our data and right now i have to you know maybe upload a CSV file, but you know, there will probably be, I mean, uh, in different tools, other alternatives going forward, but then like, yeah. I can just throw it in there and I can ask a question. Excel, and Excel it will files an already works. So you can just yeah. take your, your Excel straight, load, yeah. load it straight up. Yeah. So therefore like it should in theory be able to like reason about like, what is like, like get, take that, take the question and just like literally sequence and kind of like how does mm. that work do you know that like how does it does it think in steps and then like like does it do that that whole thing explaining how it's thinking what code it's running and then like asking yeah. for input or like how does it work like who's the target group of that like how does it feel to use it so it it feels very interactive it's explaining what it does it doesn't show the code by default but you can uh, click the show show yeah. code button to see the code and that is powerful in two ways one because you can see what it's doing in detail if you understand the code, but you can also down like copy-paste the code into your own mm. um, Python environment and, and run it. So it's, it's, um, it, it is actually coding, it's producing code. So if you have a, a recurring analysis to do, you can, you can run it on the same data set over and over again as the, as the data um, evolves. 
but it's it is also regarding the asking questions answering questions it is actually a really big thing to be able to ask um, gpt4 what can i um, learn from this data what questions could i potentially be asking this data mm. and then there's another component which is cleaning the data which is uh, the data science is really a garbage in garbage out uh, operation yeah. and and so gpt4 can analyze the data and say that it's this is too sparse and and then suggest methods of how to solve that removing rows with missing data or filling the gaps right okay and so but it's interesting like so you can do the normal thing like that that gpt4 is quite good at which is some, something like this is my objective i am this type of customer right i am yeah. a company we care about this help us find out you know three things that could potentially uh, increase our retention you know or like help us identify what like how our like uh, i mean i guess that's just normal regression and correlation right but but like it it can you can ask higher level questions and it can break it down and then actually perform the analysis or mm -hmm. actually perform the analysis to even I guess to both ask and answer the questions. Mm. I mean, yeah, that that is very powerful. Another example is what I'm doing now, and I, I'm taking images I generate from Midjourney. And Midjourney has this; it does this thing sometimes where they put text inside the image, and I'm I'm trying to see if I can automate um, replacing the text because if it if the text is too small in image, it's just it's just noisy lines. To, to see if it can can detect those noisy lines and actually mm. replace them with GPT-4 output, so I can get actual text in Midjourney because Midjourney mm. is that doesn't generate uh, understandable text. So uh, the process there is that I, I upload the image um, to um, GPT-4 in Chat inside ChatGPT, and it, it and then I can I can reason with together with uh, with uh, GPT-4, what kind of analysis can I run in order to um, detect text boxes in the image? And um, the reason why that really, really helps me is that these advanced packages like Scikit and NumPy, they implement state-of-the-art Im image analysis algorithms, super powerful things that, are, that come from the state-of-the-art research papers on uh, image analysis. But I have no idea what is in those packages. I never used Scikit before, and and so I can I I can use AI as a as a guide into these advanced um, programming li libraries and find out what can I actually do, what algorithms are available out of the box already implemented, and then it's so easy to for the AI to call those algorithms. It doesn't have. It doesn't make any mistakes. It doesn't have to implement any algorithms itself. Mm -hmm. It just calls libraries, and and I can download the code later if when when I come up with an automation that works to replace the text with actual text, I can just download the code and and uh, do that and uh, publish that as a web service without any AI involved at all at that stage. Okay, so like to just to put that in and make sure I understand. Like I understand you have the image from Midjourney, you have the unrecognizable text. I mean, Stable Diffusion does that as well. So at time, like mm -hmm. often, images becomes unusable because just you know it looks like text-ish, but it's not. Exactly. Uh, and and then like you're saying that ChatGPT can actually 
help you figure out how to discover them. And then you will, of course, understand how it did that. And there you have the code, which you yeah. can reuse. Yeah. I mean, that is that is amazing because it's sort of like, I can understand, I don't know why they call it code interpreter, really. They probably have a very specific reason for that to mm -hmm. begin with. But it's very interesting in how it, like, in that way, helps you on quite a high level of solving a problem with code. Yeah. That's quite like a high level problem. Like I have this image, I need to recognize this text box. How do I do that? That's mm -hmm. kind of a very high level coding pro problem, you know, where you have to like figure out the strategy to do that or like look through the tool sets available um, and mm -hmm. quite amazing. Yeah, and, and, and so in, in what, what that means right now is that instead of hiring a data scientist or an image analysis uh, expert to do that for me, I can do that myself. Or instead of spending two weeks um, to just learn Scikit first and maybe do an MIT course on it or, uh, or read three books on it, I can just dive in and in two hours while having tons yeah. of fun uh, produce actual value. Um, so so and and so the the learning threshold is just flattened and and just the 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 adrenaline rush of experiencing that is an also an energy drive for me to to work with yeah. i mean that's pretty cool we were just like <clears throat> when we pre-chatted we talked a little bit about you know like specialist competency and generalist competency and i think what's pretty interesting here is this you know, we've talked about like the 10x developer before, but it really feels like this is going to lead to like the 100x, I don't know, producer kind of, uh, where like if you're good at being really good at being a generalist in this new like wave, then mm -hmm. you can be like the data, like you can do all the data analyst analysis, you can uh, do the branding and the uh, communication work because you are good at using uh, these new tools uh, so it's like it's interesting like it's it it's not only that you know people will like you will replace jobs you will also like create a whole new kind of class of producers that can like be be generalists in a true sense because before mm. you could be i mean most people at least could be generalist like you know superficially competent in a lot of things mm. like most like um, um you know early stage like founders like are forced to to be that you know mm. but being a specialist in many things that takes years you know and so much time but now you will almost like have the ability to for for the people who become really good at being generalist in the sense working with ai right to mm. be specialists in so many things uh, what do you think? Is that your experience there, like being like working with the data ana analysis? Yeah, definitely. Data analysis? And and it's it's both the competency and also just the time spent. Like, uh, if you want to be a front end developer, it's a full time job to keep up with all the libraries and frameworks that, that come comes out, right? But now the AI can do that. It can really quickly read tons of documentation on on something that was published yesterday. And all of a sudden, um, you are not an expert, but you you can dive straight to the point inside that documentation, and and uh, with with AI as a, as a co-creating um, mm. pro programmer, um, 
you can ask it what uh, what it should do and or to do what you want to accomplish and it will mm. apply the latest technology to that so that take, take also takes away the need for for the specialist that really just works in in a single field of course then if you want to do really like deep tech or uh, something highly specialized in in front end development you still need that expert but you're still going to want to hire and then a special um, like a specialized expert that uses ai to to elevate their productivity yeah i mean it makes sense so like with anything right so f- i don't know photoshop let's say figma means that like i can design a, a nice looking presentation or even like a, yeah. i don't know uh, some some ux flows for the product right but it also means that someone is great you know a great designer can design things really fast and really well using figma and i guess this is just like I mean, is this just like a, mm. a, another step of that? Is it the same kind of dynamic that I will now be able to do like much more data analysis than I would be able to do in Excel, which you know, or Google Sheets, which I would currently use if I would do it or Airtable, right? Uh, because I have access to this, like my, I become like a normal specialist today, but a specialist still has, you know, using AI can go even deeper or I don't know which dimension you want to use right is that is that still the same thing or is it a different dynamic do you think no I think I think it's a it's a lot of the same dynamics and but the difference is that it's it um, anyone can use Figma the expert can use it better uh, but um, but AI plus Excel is like it it's two levels up if you can if you're an ex like uh or it's two magnitudes of of uh, high productivity compared to Mm. not using excel at all and so you can it like i i think it's um it's amazing in just leveling the play playing field and then of course it's not that the ai can be a better designer than a great designer but it can allow the the great designer to focus a lot more on the design or the data scientist to to focus a lot more on on um the strategy on of mm. of data science rather than the tactics of it and it can like uh, the, the production or the actual like writing the code can be done by ai uh, super yeah. quick and iterated on very very quick and uh, so they the, the human can work on what humans do best as always and ai can can replace mm. only the repetitive uh, re- repetitive stuff yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's like, you know, yeah, I think like for me, it's a bit like, you know, a, a good designer, I don't know, like how much better he is than me, but, you know, a magnitude <laughs> seems at least about right, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that, you know, a good designer is at least 10 times better at design than I am. And then maybe with, you know, the way things are moving, you know, I, I will soon be able to design on the level that an average designer will be able to do right or an average yeah. data analyst you know maybe it's already possible right mm-hmm. uh, and then that person can then 10x his productivity and probably quality as well because you know making less mistakes spotting mistakes etc and then the real like i wonder how this is going to affect like the real superstars the so-called 10xers today are they like literally going to be you know like like you know like still keep their edge or is this going to diminish their edge you know what mm-hmm. i mean are they still going to be 10 times better uh, or are they like, but maybe that will be split. I don't know. 
it's just an interesting question. How this will <laughs> affect like the dynamics of the job yeah. market? Is this be an equalizer in the sense that like you know it it reduces the differences between the newbie and the expert within any given field, or is it still going to be the same? It's just everyone moves up. I don't know if that question can be answered, but like I don't know. Mm. It's, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, and uh, and how does that affect uh, how we think about our work, our education? Our our kids' uh, education and so on. My my uh, oldest daughter is nineteen. She's starting um, computer science master master's uh, um, program right now. And uh, like her, the the, the world is going to evolve um, around her like uh, 10x over the next five years. She's going to start school in a completely different world than when she's finishing school and uh, and so it's what is really important is for her to keep up with that to not like uh, spend time inside school as a closed environment to what is what is going on in the outside world but then again um, when I was in in when I did the exact same education as her just in a different university we were we were taught about agent technology and this was in 1998 I'm, I'm that i'm that old and uh, and i have i hadn't heard about agent technology nobody ever uh, used it uh, in the outside world and uh, that i could and there were no books about it and it's not until now 20 25 years later that it's actually um the one of the biggest things in the in the tech industry with agent mm. technology. Uh, so the university, although it can see be seen t- as at times as a closed sandbox, they can also be far ahead of their time. And with AI and agents, they have been um, for a long time. That that is interesting as well. Like in the terms of like, I think like in terms of getting up to competence level as well. I mean. In theory, your daughter could be like a good developer really quickly, like if she's efficient at using like AI to support her in that learning journey, mm. uh, and uh, and uh, also of course be be productive much quicker because you know the productivity boost. So yeah. I just like it's it's going to be. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I think like they will like now we look at kind of digital natives. That's like a thing, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you count as digital native. I think I'm I just before. I, I I'm don't, def- definitely not. Which is funny because you're much more you know digital native <laughs> than I am. <laughs> but but in any case, like th- there's really going to be the people growing up with AI. I think the AI yeah. natives like yes. the, it's just going to be a very different way of approaching things. Yeah, uh, imagine the. Like two generations down, when we have the AI and VR native kids, they like yeah. they are, they their best friends are AI avatars in virtual worlds, and like they they are like magicians, just uh, uh, like teleporting wherever they want to be. Now I'm in Harry Potter, now I'm in Star Wars, and and yeah. then like whatever abstract worlds they can also come up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy stuff, but okay. But bringing that back to you. <laughs> sorry about oh, that. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but if so, you go, if you bring bring, sorry, gone, gone. Yeah. So yeah, bringing it back to the here now. Um, what we're seeing now is how 
everyone can just fire up ChatGPT with a premium subscription, and all of a sudden they are um, not maybe not a well-functioning, but they are like on their way to become a well-functioning data scientist, no matter your background, if just have a willingness to to get over that uh, that learning threshold that might be there for you, and yeah. uh, so and to me it's primarily a like a call to action for people that are interested in taking that journey uh to to do that as soon as possible because there yeah. there are so immediate rewards there and uh yeah so that that's uh, that's my primary thing to just uh encourage people to take the step like dive in and and see how you can apply it to your everyday work yeah, I mean, and it's interesting there as well, because just taking that, now we mentioned data analyst, but, you know, with ChatGPT, with these models, you can, I mean, copywriters, um, you know, any kind of social media content, any kind of, you know, analysis of written or numerical, you know, or I mean, I, I guess structured and unstructured data mm. and pretty much any type of of content production from that will at least soon be solved. I mean, we already have uh, text, audio, images, mm-hmm. uh, you know, video is coming very soon. So pretty much all of those medium, I mean, 3D models as well, uh, and like in, uh, in in different kind of representations. So it's it's really interesting, like, how, like how, how do you feel this has spread so far? Because kind of the capabilities, I talk about this often with mm. different people, like the capabilities are actually there uh, to do like pretty much most like, or at least to, to do most knowledge work mm. uh, like if, from these models. So like, wh- where do you see, like what's your experience of like how this is actually right now, like come out into society and, and what's, uh, where do you think it's going to go in like the near term in the next few years? Yeah, so there's a very um, unequal distribution of this because either you are in it and you re- quickly realize the value or you are just uh, not even touching it and then you are then you that that's a mindset you can you can keep on forever and sometimes I wonder if the AI doomers are just they just want to keep AI to themselves and and keep that competitive advantage to themselves for as long as possible by spreading these fears about how AI is going to kill us all but uh, um, and, and that <laughs> that could be could actually be a viable strategy for anyone in a in a bigger company that where people are scared of AI like don't don't keep them scared <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep them scared and and don't tell one that that you're down to working four hours per week and uh, use letting the AI to do the rest um, and be, I don't know. Uh, that was a parenthesis. Uh, and now I even forgot your question. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, don't worry. I, I'll take yeah. it over because like yeah. I, have, I have a clear feeling here that like we're so early in the hype and adoption cycle. Yes. And I think that when you are this high on the hype cycle, I don't know how many people have seen this like classical S curve of, of you know technology adoption uh, but like i have a sense that because and i feel this as well because we're so high on the hype curve it feels like everyone is using ai mm. whereas like when i actually speak with people i literally think that no one is using ai like mm. it's only the super early adopters that are really using it 
And then you have kind of, and, and that's like, I don't know, but like if, if that would be 1% of knowledge workers, I would almost be surprised. Mm. Like if, if it is like, maybe it's more, but like I, I'd, you know, if I'd guess not more than a few percentage points. Right. And then you have a bunch of more people, maybe, you know, 10, 20% of knowledge works that have actually tried it. Right. And they know they should probably, most of them know they should probably spend more time using it, but they still really don't because it's a new interface, it's a new way of doing things. You need to kind of uh, take a learning curve, at, like in some ways still, mm. uh, at least at, at kind of a, an effort to change. Like I can do this myself. Now I'm going to use this new tool to do it in a different way. That is kind of a change and that's friction in that. So I really think we're, we're super early in, in the adoption curve. And of course, this will go quite qu like quickly, especially in some verticals. Um, I think customer service will probably be like one of the first, like with you know um, intercoms, fin, etc., where you have mm -hmm. like a fully automated customer service agent that you can just try out based on all your conversation and company documents, etc. But in so I think it will move fast. But I think in 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 terms of like people using it to their advantage, becoming this, you know, generalist mm. specialist or whatever the term should be. Um, I think so few people, which, which makes me, uh, and those people are going to be able to, at least in my mind, do so much. So yeah. it's going to be interesting how this plays out in the job market. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I can see different scenarios with like both, um, massive disruption to, to mm. job categories and, and, uh, just that, you know, humanity is able to create much, much more. Hmm. Um, I actually don't have a clear view there. Do you have a clear view? Around there? I, I, yeah, this, I, yeah, I think um, I don't have any statistics. Uh, there, there was a report um, a couple of months back before the summer that uh, two percent of the U.S. population had tried ChatGPT, okay. and fifteen percent thought it was a game changer for them, and out of the two percent. So that's a, a tiny, tiny mm. click in like, yeah. and in two percent is, uh, and and the uh, US is so big. Uh, I don't know what is it, three hundred forty million people or something like that. That um, even with a, a very high growth curve, um, like ChatGPT has had, and it's it's very few people percentage wise since it's a. I don't know, it has uh, 100 million active users worldwide. A few of them are in the US, a few like, even less in absolute numbers, of course, is in, in Sweden. And uh, who, are, who are they? They are definitely the, the well-educated, high-salaried um, high people that just want to increase their productivity. And uh, maybe kids doing homework for school and... And then a bunch of entrepreneurs writing their investor pitches with ChatGPT. Yeah. But I think like if you just think about that globally, because that statistic is funny, because let's say there, I, I don't know this, but I would guess there's not more than 2 billion knowledge workers worldwide. Just like rough yeah. guess, 2, yeah. 3 billion, maybe. Yeah, the number of internet um, users, I haven't seen an updated number, but that's like, what is that? 5 yeah, billion, probably. 7 yeah. billion. Yeah. I okay, but let's so call it. Yeah. I mean, now we're just guessing, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, in terms of it, it sort of looks like if I just take the rough math of that, you mm -hmm. know, set, let's say 
100 million divided by 3 billion, that's 130th, that's 3%. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's just like a rough guess, but yeah. let's say 2 3%. Yes. So it's, it's over, the usage is overrepresented if this, you know, hmm. back of the envelope math is correct, yeah. uh, overrepresented outside of US, which makes sense if you look at this societally, because the people who have the most to gain are kind of the people who want to move up. Mm. <clears throat> you know, let's say a, a designer in, um, you know, India or something mm. that now can do, you know, or not now, but like or a copywriter that can do, you know, 510x the output and, and with higher quality. And therefore, what used to be kind of like, you know, a $10 per hour kind of thing on Upwork mm. is now a $100 per hour thing, mm. even though pricing is the same. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to really be like an an, uh, an equalizer, but also competitive like pressure, uh, similar to globalization actually, uh, mm. on on like a, on a global basis where you know all of a sudden manufacturing in the U.S. had to compete with manufacturing in China when the world opened up, and now since the world is still relatively open, but also on the service side, which of course happened with outsourcing, but still like now there's going to be there's going to be really like uh, interesting dynamics. Uh, because even if this doesn't, you know, like if this doesn't end up, you know, removing or remove jobs, it will, but like reducing the amount of like the number of jobs out there, it would probably mm-hmm. at least be an equalizer uh, in terms of like productivity and, and the, the amount of people who can do a specific kind of job, mm-hmm. educate themselves. So I don't know, it's going to be interesting to, to watch that play out. Let's see. I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts? Otherwise, I feel like we're we're up on the thirty minutes ish. Yes, um, I, I just want to finish with one experience I had this week, where um, I, I I wrote I wrote a small uh, like grant application, and uh, and it turned out that I was like, since I used AI to write it, I was far too wordy. Like I produce like the material. It, normally, I struggle to put together answers for all the questions but now like the the person i emailed the the presentation to came back and said like this is far too much i can't read all of this can you can you reduce it down to just these questions and so that was a that was a new experience to me like why and 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 how how that the ai just shifts that balance and now we struggle to be terse and to the point instead of struggling to actually answer everything in 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 uh, like to the expen- extent we expect it to, to be so that, so that was uh, just uh, another glimpse into a new world for me but did you read that rep- like that presentation before sending it well yeah did you read the uh, uh, or did you like Sort of, sort of. Yeah, but so, so I, yes, I, I read it, and the, because, um, the the thing about writing about AI research using AI is that you you, I I asked AI to write something, and then I read it, and then I'm I'm like, wow, this is good stuff. This is I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> those these are good ideas like um, that's and and that's amazing like co-creating with ai means that i i i, I write something and then i also have to read it to yeah. to see what is it that i've written 
yeah. with with of course with with AI as uh, as my keyboard and uh, and and it's a learning experience and and uh, but there's a lot of speculation of course the AI can be hand waving and hallucinating left and mm. right so as a human user you need to really like know what you're after and and perhaps afterwards ask the AI to to take it down a notch and just like mm. just go get to the point quickly yeah and that is actually interesting just tying it back to where we kind of started with competency is like evaluating the output mm-hmm. and validating the output is still <clears throat> i mean it's it's still going to be a big thing until you have like very very high accuracy and you know which tasks you have high ac- accuracy in mm-hmm. uh, so it's uh, I mean, I, I, I guess my bet would still be that people need to have like some level of competence. It's not going to be anyone can be a data analyst. It's ca- like it's easier for anyone mm. to become a data analyst, maybe. Yeah. And it can still take time. It can t- still take uh, months or years before you're actually there producing value. But it's more available. Like The, the bar is lower. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I mean, good point to end on. Yes. Thanks a lot, Martin. Thank uh, you, Rasmus. A little bit uh, exploratory today, but that was nice. Yeah. I, I learned a few things. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, to the listener uh, staying with us all the way to the end of this episode. And as always, send an email to Rasmus or Martin at multiply.co if you want to uh, give feedback or, or input for, for future episodes. Thanks for today. Thank you.